And now, streaming live from Chicago, Illinois, it's the comedy show with a podcasting habit, Starlight Radio Dreams! Tonight's episode is Season 5, Episode 9, Streamed Heat, featuring Witches Get Stitches, Meet the Frankensteins, Episode 3, Pulling Ourselves Together, Two Chicks Walk Into a Bar, Sam Spruce versus Dracula, and Murder Mystery Mania Monthly. Now, here is your host, a man whose sweat glands no AC unit can defeat, Burlington Showtime! <laughs> Welcome everyone, and thank you for joining us here for another amazing live stream from my increasingly habitual home studio. For those of you joining me live, this is the end of July, and speaking purely for myself, it feels as though it should be at least September. Can you believe it was just a few short weeks ago that the USA celebrated what some misinformed people think of as its birthday? We were so innocent then. Now, one incubation period later, here we are, and based upon the amount of sweat I'm currently expending on a daily basis, the height of summer is upon us. I don't know about all of you, but for me, that means that a deep regret has settled in over living in this grand old home. I'm not much for modern design in most things. Open floor plans make me dizzy. Uh, uh, the stainless steel appliance somehow feels too sterile. And all that being said, if I could trade this beautiful Queen Anne for a modernist open cube with textured gray walls and state-of-the-art central air, I wouldn't. But... I would have to think about it a lot harder than usual. That said, I've still got a few tricks up my sleeve, and while my usual Hollywood magic wouldn't be of much help in this situation, today I am going to use the greatest tool in the movie business. Not Harvey Weinstein, he's the biggest tool in the movie business. No, I mean escapism. Prepare for a Burlington Showtime production of Untold Proportions as we take you, however briefly, to another time, specifically late October. The team have put together some incredible serials aimed at helping you believe in your heart that it is in fact the Hollywood season. Uh, sorry. It is in fact the Halloween season. Uh, and first on the list is a fresh comedy short from our mostly intelligible friends over at the BBCC. That's BBC Cockney for those who don't follow all of the regional subsets of the UK's legally required favourite source of entertainment. It's called Witches Get Stitches! Welcome back, I'm Basil Rosewer, and you're listening to Witches Get Stitches. This is my partner in crime Boston, Dill Carraway. Oof! I'm the Witchfinder General here in Dog Tackle County, and there's nothing I hate more than when some witches move into a respectable fiefdom and all the property values start going south. Nothing goes south on my watch, just ask my ex-wife. Oof! So we're here outside the mud hut of Miss Lavender Lemonbalm, who, according to witnesses, has been sending her cat out after midnight to steal the souls of local children and who according to her neighbour Miss Madeline Goodwife has been on the bread doll with no job for 14 months. Goo! Couldn't have said it better myself, Dill. If there's one thing I ate more than the brides of Satan, it's benefits thieves and today we're gonna put a stop to it. Which finder general? Don't move- Oh! What the fucking fuck do you fuckers think you're doing in my fucking Name's Basil Rosework, Mum, and I'm Witchfinder General. This is my constable, Dill Carraway. Oof. Oh, you're wind hunters, are you? You hunt goblins and fairies too? Maybe while you're at it, you can hunt for a way to get my fucking door back on its fucking frame! Fix the door, Dill. Ooh. Oh, look, you done upset me, Constable. You're the one what kicked down the door, asshole. Well, I'm a witchfinder, innit? Ain't no such thing as witches, you fucking git! Respectable folks say your cat's been stealing their children's souls. I ain't got a cat, dickhead. Sometimes I leaves a saucer of milk out for the strays because we ain't got a system in place to spay and neuter all the cats. The population's exploding, innit? And no one's doing fuck all about it because they're too busy paying jackasses like you to dress up and play make-believe. All right, all right, but they says you've been in the breadlines for over a year now. What have I have? Well, 
Why should we provide government handouts to someone what ain't serving the community? I'm a barber and a midwife and a leecher, plus I teach his interpretive dance every second Friday. Oh. But even if I didn't, I get the government handout because the government what doesn't provide for its citizens is a shit government and shouldn't fucking exist. Provide? That's just stealing from the state, isn't it? I'm a member of this here community and I don't cotton much with stealing. And how come when the Crusaders swipe millions of pounds of gold from the Muslims over in the Holy Land? That's just fine, but it's stealing when I takes an half loaf of bread what's offered me twice a week. Well, that's only war, isn't it? And if there's one thing I ate more than the Brides of Satan, it's anyone what won't support our troops. Sounds like they're supporting themselves just fine. Well, yeah, but why can't you just pay for your bread, eh? Because the village baker fucking died last year, didn't he? Oh. You're a member of this fucking community. How come you didn't know that? Well, I I get my bread from the sheriff. You get free bread from the government in exchange for harassing old ladies? Well, when you put it that way, it sounds bad. It does, doesn't it? When you put it that way, it sounds like maybe I should do something else with my life. It does, doesn't it? So how come the baker died? He was eaten by werewolves. Werewolves? Yeah, they run through here once a month, singing songs about their fucking motherland or some such and eat all the folks what's got mixed heritage. Well, that's awful. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Not really my jurisdiction, though. Well, colour me fucking shocked. Reckon there's only one thing left to do, eh, Dill? Herf. Interrogate the cats. Herf. Come on, Dill. Fuck you, fucking door crushers. Oh, you. <coughs> Where's another one? Get him, Dill. Oof. <coughs> Looks like we may be in for an all-nighter, Dill. Pardon, gentlemen. Boy, who's that? Down here, gentlemen. Gorf. Now, none of that. It's my understanding you gentlemen are searching for signs of witchcraft, is that correct? Do I thought cats couldn't talk, that's right, isn't it? Begging your pardon, witchfinder, but mammalian taxonomies notwithstanding, surely you'll agree that the verbose pedigree of my expression warrants respect. Oh, yes, sir. Of course, sir. Quite. Now, I've observed that my neighbour, Miss Madeline Goodwife, has been dancing lewdly and rather past sunset, and my King James assures me this is a clear sign of the dark arts. Uh, perhaps you might pay her a visit. Ah, oh, that's right crashing. If there's one thing I ate more than the Brides of Satan, it's the dark arts. Hmm, yes. Here, Witchfinder, I brought you some soup as a reward for not murdering me. How charming. Yeah, right charming. I made it out of an old boot I had lying around. I do love the taste of boot in the morning. I thought you might. Morning, Ketsby. Good morning, Dark Mistress. I was just informing the gentleman of Miss Goodwife's rather diabolic dance predilections. Well, it's high time someone did. Non-interpretive dance is right satanic, it is. We're on our way to investigate, sir. We'll be on this as long as it takes, you have my word. On second thought, maybe we should head back to home base, regroup, as it were. You are truly a hero of our times, sir. Well, I'm going to smear wolfsbane on me door. Does that work? Make me feel better. Well, that's all the time we've got today. Remember, if you've got freeloading witches in your fiefdom, be sure to report them to your local witchfinder constabulary. I'm Basil Rosework, he's Dill Carraway. Burf. And this has been Witches Get Stitches. Now that we're truly on the trick-or-treat trail, and it's no doubt that some of you are already considering if you'll be able to get a winter coat to work under your costume, I am thrilled to tell you all that we have a special guest with us this evening. That's right. After this next serial, we will be welcoming Alexi Chorop, uh, who I'm told is something of an expert on the spooky season. I am so excited that we have been able to find the only way to be 100% certain that it is safe to have a guest in the studio, and we think that you will appreciate the extra lengths that we've gone to. 
First, though, we once again return to the unassuming block of apartments above Hunchback Harry's Back Fat Cafe. The scent of smoking meats and simmering sauces wafts up towards three young professionals and two folks who are new in town. They're quiet, they keep to themselves, but here at SRD we think it's time that we all meet the Frankensteins. Theo and Shelley are just two animated corpses making their way in the big city. With their material needs met and the threat of angry mobs behind them, what else could these abominations of twisted science need? The only way to find out is to meet the Frankensteins. Sorry, I couldn't hear you over Chris from So You Think You Can Sew. Uh, what's the matter, Shelly? Theo, there's an old lady across the alley. Okay. Her kitchen window looks right into our bedroom, Theo. Look right there over the bed. Well, how about that? <laughs> and there's a thunderstorm going on. No wonder I feel extra creative. Focus! But lightning. The lightning can't look in and see. Us! Do you think my next sewing project should be curtains? I've just about got this pillowcase figured out. Theo! I was going to make a whole sheet set, but... Theo! Stop thinking about sewing for one minute! I only just noticed it! Well, uh, it is a bedroom, so what if she's seen us dirtying the sheets while she's cleaning the dishes? <laughs> You're weirdly okay with her seeing that, but the sex isn't what I mean! Theo, what if she knows about us? We have lived here a while. She probably knows a lot. <laughs> it's not like we can do much now. How long do you think we have? I'm confused again. You know, before she tells all of her friends and then they tell their friends and then we get a rude awakening with pitchforks and torches. Is this about the scars? Of course it is, Theo. We don't have fangs or big demon wings, but one look at how we were sewn together and she's bound to know. I bet she's over there right now sending emails to all of her bridge friends about how to get the church involved. We don't act like monsters. Why would they treat us like monsters? Monsters. You just don't understand! How could I not? We're the same in so many ways. What about the curse? To walk the world but never be a part of it? That's vampires. <laughs> what makes you so sure? Mostly the general lack of pitchforks in our lives since we moved here. Theo! Beaufort's home improvement doesn't even sell them. Why aren't you worried? I guess it's just a feeling. Maybe that's the curse. Feeling everything. Fear, anger, hunger, lust. Well, I feel like our neighbors, the landlord, and the people in my sewing class are all safe. You know, nice. Fine. You think we should just gallivant around letting people know we're monsters. Tell the little old lady across the alley that just a few feet of open air separate her from a den of undead abominations. Hey, you over there in the housecoat. We're an affront to most understandings of God over here. <laughs> not narrow it down for her. How about you sew her a fucking banner then? Ooh, I think there is a banner class. Ugh, I need to think. I'm going up to the roof. Enjoy the storm. So, Dad, what now? What the fuck now? You created life. What are we supposed to do with it? Shit! Shelly? Yeah! Why are you up on the roof in the middle of a thunderstorm? Thinking. I find I do the best thinking when I'm soaked and the air is full of electricity. I think it has something to do with conductivity. Is it more conductive behind that satellite dish? I guess so. Just a feeling, you know. I suppose this is my turn to ask you why you're out on the roof in a thunderstorm. Oh, the antenna is fuzzing out. Shelly? Oh, there you are. Yeah! So why are you behind that pile of bricks now? Oh, I just noticed them and thought to myself, why are all these bricks here? What an odd choice. So you wanted to take a closer look? You know me. 
endless curiosity. So, you still use antenna? Yeah, we're not going to pay extra to stream live TV. Have you attached a digital antenna to the old one with bungee cords? I know it shouldn't work, but it's great most of the time. I also turned our iron into a waffle maker, and it works perfectly. Maybe it has something to do with that over there? What's that? I don't see it. Shelly? Okay, just over here with this bit of tarp that's stuck under the air conditioner. Shelly, I'm just going to throw this out there. Are you naked right now? Yay! Yes. (gasps) You do you. If I were Ben Franklin, I'd tell you I'm air bathing. He did also like standing outside in thunderstorms. We have a lot in common. Soon it'll be me on the hundred. (laughs) My dad used to make things out of other things, too. What sort of stuff? Oh, you know, this and that. There's not a lot of market for it, but that's what I love to do. Dad had trouble finding an audience for his work, too. It's so hard communicating a vision. Something like that. Nice getting to know you more, Lily. I hope you enjoy whatever you are watching. Oh, right. Gotta fix the old antenna. How well can you see right now? Uh, Maybe I can help. Well, after that lightning, I'm actually pretty dazzled. I should probably come help then. I can still see pretty well. I'm also a champion at averting my eyes. Okay, I'm coming over. What needs to be reattached? There should be a black wire that goes into the roof. That's what usually gets loose. I just don't feel it. Oh, it's over here. Put it in my hand. Here you go. Look at us, up here holding hands in the rain. You have a tinkerer's hands, all right. Hey, Shelly, my eyes are starting to adjust back. Then what's that over there? Over... Oh. I I know, it seems a little silly. It's okay, I've got this attached. I can leave you to your air bathing. Lily, wait, you're a good friend, a good neighbor. I feel like I can trust you. I will eat the last hors d'oeuvres every time. Other than that. I guess that's just another thing I can trust then. Look, Shelly, whatever you came up here on the roof to do, we can just talk about it. What? I feel like you're working up the courage to do something right now, and I just want you to know that you can trust me, but I don't want you to do anything rash. Whatever you're going through, I'm here for you. We are friends. Oh. Oh, no, I'm not sorry. I... I am building up my courage, but not for that. Oh, that's a relief. I like thinking of my life as more of a farce than a tragedy. <laughs> so, the thing I'm working up the courage for... I'm going to step out now. Promise you won't freak out. I'm here for you. So, this is me. Oh, all the way naked. <gasps> wow. You must work out so much. You're not curious about the scars? It's not the first thing I'm curious about. I... Can I ask what happened? Meat grinder accident. You should see the other person. Really? No. It's okay. I can see you've been through some trauma and you don't have to talk about it if you don't want to. But I've been there. That's very nice of you, but you really don't know what I mean. Well, I've seen all of your scars. Maybe it's time I show you one of mine. Oh, you don't need to- And you're taking off your shirt. You've got a scar on your stomach. Oh, it keeps going up to- Yeah, all the way up to my shoulder. Drunk driver. They said I was lucky to survive. It's so jagged and- Violent? It's been years, but it's still super sensitive. Like a raw nerve, open to the world. If you're really gentle, you can feel my heart. Gentle hasn't ever been my bag, really. I believe in you. Put your hand right here. Wow. It's just right there. The person I was before the accident feels like someone else now. I had goals and commitments and stuff, but none of them feel real anymore. The skin is so soft. Hey, new topic. Are you hungry? The smell of barbecue from downstairs has been driving me feral all day long. We will always have that in common. I still think your love for the Carolina sauce is misplaced. I know. I'm a monster. 
Me too. You're not. You like Sweet Baby Ray's like 80% of the barbecue rubes out there. <laughs> I've been raised from the dead through lightning and rogue science. Oh? That's why I have all these scars. This is how I've always been. It's how I was born. I was sewn together from the corpses of other people. That must have been very hard growing up. I wouldn't know. I've only been alive for about a year. So I guess in some ways you're growing up right now. In others, I've lived a few different lifetimes. My memories are all a hodgepodge of images and half-formed thoughts from lives I didn't really live and people I'm not anymore. I understand if you don't want to stand out here in the rain with me anymore. Ava mentioned that Theo had been through some stuff, too. I owe her an apology. I kind of brushed it off, but yeah, Theo was the first one raised, so he's a little more rustically crafted. (laughs) Am I the first person? Well, maybe the old lady who's been watching us in the bedroom. A lot in common, Lily. Why don't you hang around more, the way Ava does? I can be a bit much sometimes, so I spend my time working on my inventions. When I do visit, I try to focus on the other people in the room. You know, try to help Aiden and Ava with their stuff. That way I'm not making everything about me. I don't think you're too much. I guess you're right. We need to get to know each other better. (laughs) Well, I know you're willing to stand out in the rain talking to me. I know you've seen my entire body now, and you didn't flinch. Do people usually flinch? I guess. I don't know. I don't usually give them the chance. Shelly, I know we don't know each other very well, but I really like you. Those two things might be related. (laughs) Maybe. Should we head back downstairs? That seems like a good idea. I'm sorry we weren't able to get the antenna working. Do you want to watch something at our place? That would be really nice. Should I text Ava to let her know? Aiden's out of town. Yeah. Let's make a night of it. Ask if she can grab some barbecue from downstairs. Theo, I'm back. Hey, Shelly. I set a towel over there for you. Great. I'll have what she's having. Oh, uh, hi, Lily. I'll go grab you one from the linen closet. Why is this pillowcase here? Oh, Theo's been learning to sew. That's great. Is this his first piece? Is it obvious? Only because I don't know anyone who sews pillowcases except as their first project. Ava! Barbecue 911 has arrived. Boo! Woo! Woo! <laughs> hey, Shelly. Wow, you two got soaked. Sorry, the antenna still isn't working. I'll have to try again when it's dry. It's fine. I just won't. Go on the internet for a couple of days. Here we go. One spare towel. Hi, Ava. Are we having a party? You know what? I think we are. We're having a party with our friends. Today, we mark me not getting to watch the new episode of Hermes until someone torrents it. Actually, I think there's something we can celebrate. Me finishing my pillowcase? (laughs) That is something I wasn't giving you enough credit for. It's great that you're following your passion and taking on this new thing. Nice work. Sure. Good scenes. We're doing skirts next. That will be nice. I'm proud of you, Theo. I know it looks fancy, but there's only two stitches in a pillowcase. (laughs) That's not what I mean, though, Shelly. You made a big breakthrough up there. Theo, I told Lily about us. Well... She didn't follow you in repeating a three-beat chant, so that's a good sign. I'm glad you two finally connected. Ava, you deserve to know, too, if it's okay with you, Theo. Well, I was going to make that banner, but yeah, I'm okay with you telling her. You're pregnant? What? You're getting a divorce. Not married. You do have the new Hermes episode, and you were just messing with me. We're monsters. We were made by sticking together a bunch of other dead people and resurrecting the whole mess. Dad called me the modern Prometheus. I thought he was the Prometheus. He just named you Prometheus. There wasn't a lot of explaining going on in that relationship. Wow. That's a lot. It certainly beats having five minutes of jokes about the dumb small town you're from. You have gotten really good at that routine, though. But you're not freaked out? You keep asking me that. Look, I've got baggage, too. We all do. 
but in the whole time that I've known you, you've been nothing but nice, smart, and funny. You're super good in the office. I like being neighbors with you. I guess I thought people would treat us like monsters. Some people probably will. People treat each other like monsters all the time. All we can do is be who we are. I do think I'd like some curtains, though. Maybe you can write monsters on there so the window lady still gets the idea. <laughs> Theo and Shelly are just two people trying to make the best of the lives they've been given. It wasn't easy, but they've found a place to be and people to share it with. So come on back anytime, now that you've had a chance to meet the Frankensteins. <laughs> what a delightful piece. And now is the moment you've been waiting for about 15 minutes for. Please give a warm chat-based welcome to Alexei Chorop. Blah, thank you for having me here, Burlington. Now, Alexi, it's wonderful to have you here, especially since it's been so long since we've been able to have a guest on the show. Now, we don't need to worry about pandemic restrictions and testing with you because you're a vampire. Right, and vampires are safe. In this regard, yes. It is odd to be the safest guest you could find for this show. Usually I am the most dangerous guest on any given panel. Do you, uh, guest on many shows, Alexi? I'm a regular on Wait, Wait, Don't Kill Me and Eat the Press. Usually as the nights grow longer and the veil lifts, mortals such as you begin to look for an authority on this spooky season. Which is now, of course. It's Halloween now. Of course. Soon, tiny chocolate bars will be half price at the drugstore. Now, Alexi, I've been having a great time chatting with you. Would you be able to stick around for a little bit longer while we enjoy another comedy short from the Showtime Podcast Network? Of course. Wonderful. Given the budding romance of our last piece, this one seems like the perfect follow-up. This is yet another short play from the wonderful Cassandra Rose called Two Chicks Walk Into a Bar. <laughs> All right, so that's one IPA for me and one glass of mead for you, which, honestly, I didn't even know was a thing you could get at a bar in Chicago. Cheers. To our first date. Wow, okay, I would have thought mead was a sipping drink. I have a confession to make. Already? It's kind of a big confession, too. Can I guess first? Electra 87 isn't your real name. I've never done this before. No? Take it from a pro. With enough time and patience, you'll find online dating to be just as awkward as regular dating. <laughs> I meant that I'd never been on a date with a woman before. Oh. I'm sorry. I should have said something earlier. Before we ordered drinks, or right after you asked me out. Yeah, that probably would have been the right moment. But I was afraid if I brought things up too early, that you're my first female date, that you would immediately turn me down, right? I... Is, is that what's happening here? Are you turning me down? Because I would understand if you were. If you walked right out the front door right now, I wouldn't blame you. Well, I mean, if the roles were reversed, if you suddenly turned to me and said, I've never done this with a woman before, I'm pretty sure I would have been gone before the end of the first round. So are you? Gone? Say something, at least. You talk a lot, Electra. I do. Yes. And it's Emma. Emma. That's a nice name to have. I only talk a lot because I have a lot of thoughts. They're part and parcel. Kitten Caboodle, Bonnie, and... You're doing it again. I also talk a lot when I'm nervous. Like now. With you. And now I've forgotten your name. Joan. Joan. Right. Hello. Hi, Emma. I'm glad you're here. And I'm not going anywhere. All right? Okay. All right. So, when did you first know you liked women, Joan? You don't pull your punches, do you? I didn't know how else to say it, or else I would have, would have said, said it that way. Yeah. It's a question I've never asked someone before. Never? There have been a lot of firsts for me tonight. And the night's not over yet. 
I was 12. My dad would have to remind me not to wrap my arms around my female friends in public, and I wouldn't give any guy the time of day. Then I tried out for the basketball team in an attempt to get closer to this one girl. Basketball, huh? (laughs) The only thing more cliche than a lesbian basketball player is a lesbian softball player. But I did get my first kiss out of the deal. With the girl of your dreams? Even better, the team captain. Look at you, Joan the Heartbreaker. It was the championship game. We won, and we were all celebrating, just jumping around the court after the game. I think she meant to kiss me on the cheek, but she missed. And I was hit. It was just a quick peck over before either of us realized what had happened. But there I was, shell-shocked at the free-throw line with one word humming through my mind. Gay? Effortless. That word still pops into my head today every time I feel something start between me and someone else. Something I want to follow through on. That's a good word to hold on to. Now it's your turn. What? When did you realize you weren't interested in men? Oh, well... No, sure, you you don't have to share if you don't want to. But in the interest of quid pro quo... That's actually part of the problem. I am interested in men. Very much. Oh. Yeah. I'm sorry, I didn't... It's okay. I didn't realize you were bi. I'm not, or it doesn't feel like I am. Bisexual, like I'm that evenly split. I don't know, it's confusing. I'm confusing. What I do know is that I definitely prefer one side over the other. And that preferred side is men. When I was ten, there was this public assembly at my school. I don't even remember what it was about. I was singing in the school choir, and after our song, this woman walked up to the stage, and she was perfect. Perfect suit, perfect hair. I remember thinking, this woman is hot, and that I immediately chastised myself, because I knew that wasn't an acceptable thing to think. Even at that age, I had no doubt what a young girl should or shouldn't be. Straight. I've been reading a lot of articles online. That's what I do when I'm not talking. And a lot of the people talk about their sexuality as something definite, something with weight that takes up space, that what turns you on is not a choice, but something you've always known is true, that has always been there with you. Yet, at the same time, I read that there is no middle ground, no room for fluctuation or variety. Like, if a spectrum of sexuality was to exist, that homophobes and bigots would snatch it up and use it as evidence that, no, you can choose, one side or the other. You can straighten yourself out, you can make yourself ignore or the woman at the assembly. What's the phrase? Bisexuality is just a pit stop to Gayville? I've never said that. No, I don't suppose you have. Still, I had all these choices to make since I was ten. I need to choose to not look twice at the woman at the assembly. I need to choose to put down straight on my dating profile. Which brings up more questions. Do I really prefer men? Or did I just choose to have that preference a long time ago because I knew it was the path of least resistance? I know, I know it's not supposed to be a choice. But right now it feels like a choice to me, at least for right now. Come on, stand up. What? This is a bar with a dance floor, and I like this song. So you and I are going to dance. I... (laughs) One foot, and then the other. That's all there is to it. I must be very cute for you to be putting up with me like this. Yes, you are. Do you want to lead, or should I? No. Yeah. I can lead. All right, then. Okay. I'd like to kiss you. Then stop talking and do it. How was that? Good enough to do it again. Why, Emma, I do believe I've made you speechless. Hold on. My brain will start clicking again soon enough. Thank you for this. For your care and your patience and your... Lips. Thank you, Joan. I mean that entirely. Things don't have to end here, you know. Come home with me, Electra. See what else is good enough. I want to. But until I know what I am... Don't think through it. Don't talk around it. Just be with me right now. You can figure out the rest of it tomorrow. You know, 
who you are, what you are? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. I'll go home with you. Okay, then. I'll go settle the tab. Effortless. What an excellent piece, don't you think, Alexei? I do. Now, as a perpetual panelist and creature of the night, do you ever get a chance to talk to tens of people all at the same time? I get to address them, certainly, but they can't answer me. Well, take that, Jimmy, Jimmy, and Stephen. <laughs> so, if I have a question for the viewers at home, I can ask it? Yes, yes, Alexi, you can. I would, I would encourage you to do so. Wonderful. Won't you look into my eyes? Deeper, deeper. You too, Burlington. I'll, um, I'll look on the monitor. Good, good. Look deeply into my eyes. You are falling under my power. Now. Tell me of your most secret desire. Oh, uh, Alexei, I'm so sorry. I should have told you. Most people are going to listen to this as a podcast. Uh, they won't be able to look into your eyes. But some might. Uh, sure. Uh, the awesome people who are joining us live and supporting us on Patreon. Good. Good. Look deeply into my eyes and tell me. What are you planning to dress up as for Halloween? Okay, so, if the folks at home respond in the chat with either their greatest desire or their Halloween costume, we'll call it a success for you? Great. Well, luckily there's a little time to engage in that idea. Yes, I think there is, because... While uh, there's, we're about to enjoy another amazingly on-topic episode, this one features a little wooden boy who wants nothing more than to go out into the world and do good so that he may one day become a real boy. That future may be hard to attain as he is getting into his most direct confrontation to date in Samuel Spruce versus Dracula. Samuel Spruce, the Little Wooden Boy, 30th of July, 2021. After the mysterious disappearance of my predecessor, Mr. Renfield, I've been summoned to fulfill his contract with a strange and eccentric count, residing here in the big city. As I approached the massive front doors of Carnifex Abbey that evening, the gargoyle-faced knockers seemed to warn me away. Yet I was a boy with a job, and never one to scorn the completion of a task. Good evening, sir. Here is your Grubhub delivery. Excellent. Come with me, servant. Oh, I... all right? Yes. Enter freely into my home of your own will. This way. I must say, Mr. Dracula, I've only been delivering food for a few days, but I've never delivered to such a lovely place before. How long have you owned Carnifex Abbey, sir? It is a recent acquisition. What a beautiful dining room, sir! Set the bag there on the table. Right away, sir! Elizabeth, Catherine, Scylla! Dinner is served. Oh! Are there more people here? My brides. Uh, forgive me, sir, but are you sure that one small cheeseburger, no fries, and a small drink will be enough to feed four people? Fret not. We shall be amply fed. Wonderful. I'll just be off then. Oh, hello. He is a small one. Good evening, Elizabeth. He may be small, but there is much life in him. I shall be the judge of death. 
Come closer, young man. I hate to be rude, ma'am, but I'm afraid I must return to taking orders as quickly as possible, or I fear my rating may suffer. Ah, yes, much like your predecessor, Mr. Renfield. Such a tragedy. Tragedy? Yes. He was hit by a car and had to be rushed to the hospital instead of finishing his delivery. He was fired. Oh, my. All that food gone to waste. Such a tragedy. Yes, I dare say. I was nearly hit by a car myself whilst crossing the main intersection nearby. It is good you parked far away, boy. We don't want cars sitting around outside our home. It's too suspicious. Oh, I'm afraid I don't own a car, sir. You deliver meals to people, and you have no car? Wow, that's really pathetic. I like to think it demonstrates my initiative and commitment, sir. Yes, if I were in your position, I suppose I would like to think that too. Thank you, sir. Well, I'm afraid I must return to my orders. Please, one moment. Won't you join me by the fireplace? Oh, yes, that is a lovely fireplace I'm only just now noticing, but I'm afraid fireplaces make me a bit apprehensive. There is nothing to fear. Oh, how the glow of the flames plays off your unusually enormous eyes. Oh, thank you? Come, sit by me. All right, but... Oh my, I must admit this is much cosier than sleeping under an overpass. You sleep under an overpass? Yes, I fear I've not yet saved up enough money for an apartment rental payment. But if I can keep this job for another six or seven weeks, I believe I shall finally be able to pay the necessary fees. And then I shall have a roof over my head, like a real boy. Six weeks? Or seven then I shall have the money I need to pay my rent. For the first month? Beg pardon? You mean in six or seven weeks, you'll have saved up enough money for one month's rent? One month? I'm afraid I don't understand. You have to pay the rent every month, boy. Oh? Every month you live in an apartment, you have to pay the rent again. Oh. That's why I always recommend buying. I don't understand why more people don't do it. How much did Carnifex Abbey cost, sir? Well, I, I think that's getting a little personal. I see. Have you tried looking for roommates? Never mind, never mind. Elizabeth, just do the thing. Hurry up. Don't you tell me what to do. Don't you tell me what to do. I'm not telling you anything. <laughs> As they say. Wait, stay, boy. My, you are strong, ma'am. Look into my eyes, boy. Oh, just do it already. I am doing it. Are you? Because I'm standing here waiting for you to do it. I don't understand what's happening. You are so impatient. This is why all the romance has gone out of our marriage. The romance has gone out of our marriage because I have to stand around all night waiting for you to eat your dinner. Oh, is the cheeseburger for you, ma'am? The romance went out of our marriage when you took two more wives without even telling me. Yes, three wives. And I provide everything. Look at this massive, beautiful abbey I bought for you with my own hard-earned family fortune. Oh, you are such a martyr. Catherine, Scylla, come downstairs and see how Vlad is on the cross for us, selflessly spending a few pennies of his father's father's fortune that he built off the backs of slaves just for the three of us and absolutely no one else. This place costs only a few pennies? Why do you say you are hungry and then you do not eat? I am starving! Here! Oof. You eat then! What's going on? Let's see how you like trying to enjoy your meal while someone is glaring at you. Is no one going to eat the cheeseburger? You think I won't do it? I'm standing here waiting for you to do it. Fine! Um... me, sir. Would you mind terribly removing your jaws from my neck? What the hell is going on? 
Is this boy made out of wood? What? Oh, I'm terribly sorry I haven't introduced myself. My name is Samuel Spruce, the little wooden boy. This is what you bring us to eat. How am I supposed to drink the blood out of a little wooden boy? Well, I didn't know. How do you not know a little boy is made out of wood? Because the only light in here is the damn fireplace. Well, couldn't you have requested a non-wooden delivery boy? I didn't know that was a distinction I had to make. So what do we do now? Just kill the boy to avoid witnesses? What about our food? Perhaps I should be going now. Oh my god, all the shouting over here. What is going on and where is the food already? Yes, excellent question, Catherine. Where is the food? I didn't know. Um, excuse me, two questions. A, why is the food a literal child because gross? And two, why is the food made out of wood for some reason? Do I have to explain to either of you why having a little wooden boy with a sharp wooden nose in our dining room is a bad idea? Because if I have to explain that, just say so, so as I know not to ask you for your help with my Sudoku puzzles in the future. It's these damnable apps. Cursed is a futuristic device and its inscrutable machinations. Oh, yes, sir. I believe they're called iPads. Aren't they magical? Curse it! Oh, my. That's a very expensive piece of equipment you've just thrown into the fireplace. What is the point? Billions of dollars, and still it cannot buy us the simplest of conveniences. I'm sorry to hear that, sir. Well, I should probably be going. It was a lovely little temper tantrum, but it does not get us any food. Well, why are we even using these apps? The night is young. It's a big city. Let's just go out on the town and find someone to eat already. There's so many people, they're not going to miss one or two. Oh, it is too crowded. Someone might see us. Well, I'm not here to judge, but if you don't want to stand out, maybe update your outfits a little. You do look kind of like a couple of My Chemical Romance fans going to their junior prom. No offense. I don't know what that means. Neither do I. Neither do I. We have already discussed this. We do not go out among the mortals. They come when we call. We didn't discuss it so much as you yelled it, but yeah, we remember. It is the natural course of the world. As animal yields to man, so man must yield to us. I cannot help noticing that the natural course of the world seems to dictate that we do whatever you say whenever you say it. I never should have let you take those humanities classes at Bogdanvova. With all due respect, which is none, fuck you. That was gorgeous, Elizabeth. Thank you, Catherine, I know. It is not my fault. The present is moving too quickly with these iPads and these chemical romances. And now people are made out of wood for some reason? It's absurd. Are you going through another Archie Bunker phase? Please tell me you're not going through another Archie Bunker phase, because I am not looking forward to standing next to you during another press conference where you try to convince everyone that some of your best friends are Romani. That quote was taken out of context. I'm sure it was, honey, but context ain't gonna put a screaming virgin on our dinner table over here now, is it? A screaming what now? What has happened to the world? Everyone is always trying to cancel culture me. Oh, so you can learn new words after all. Interesting. You murder and eat hundreds of people every year and nobody says anything. That's because we murder them privately, dear. Yeah, if you want to be a racist dipshit, that's your right. Just do it in your room. And definitely stay out of mine. Yes, big mood. Hey, look at you learning new words too. Nice. I confess, I do enjoy the interweb. I like vines. Oh, sweetie, they canceled those. There, you see? Everything gets canceled. That's right, honey. That definitely means the same thing. Anyway, Elizabeth, have you heard of TikTok? What, like a clock? Ah, sweetie, I'm about to blow your mind. Enough! Let's just kill the witness and try ordering again. Well, I'm all for ordering again, but you threw the iPad in the fireplace. Damn it! Damn this modern age! Oh, did they cancel culture your iPad too? I really must be going! Wait! Come, boy! Join us by the fireplace! I can't! I have to go to my school for children who have very short memories and who don't recognize faces very well and who are too immature to understand murder plots or implicate anyone in anything and who don't even know how to contact the police and couldn't possibly be a threat to anyone. Academy. (sighs) Oh, are we hissing again? Outstanding. I really missed that. Uh, Come, boy. Why do you back away from me? Oh, 
You know, mostly that talk about killing the witness. Uh, that was just a joke, a uh, locker room talk. I guess I didn't get it. That old Samuel just doesn't understand anything. Good night! Halt! Stop him, Vlad! I'm stopping, I'm stopping! Oh! Oof! Oh, I'm terribly sorry, sir. I seem to have impaled you on my nose after you tackled me. Perhaps you could... Sir? I told him it was a bad idea. Did I not say this was a bad idea? Yes. A little wooden boy with a sharp wooden nose. Yes. It was bound to happen, frankly. Uh, yes, but what do we do now? Excuse me? Oh, sorry, sorry. <coughs> sorry about that, kid. Oh, quite all right. Is, is he? Yeah, yeah, don't worry. He was very traditional and there ain't nothing more traditional than being fucking dead, am I right? <laughs> anyway, we got a lot of experience dealing with dead bodies. <clears throat> oh, are we being subtle now, Elizabeth? Call me wacky, but I think the cat is out of the bag. And the bag smells like greasy beef. Yes! There is your cheeseburger on the table, so if you will excuse me, I'll just... Block the exit! Yeah, yeah, I'm blocking already. I'll block the window, and Scylla, where is Scylla? Oh, she's upstairs trading Bitcoin, you know her. Someone has to block the stairs. All right, already, I'll call her. Oh! The children of the night, what music they make. I had no idea there were so many wolves in this city. Scylla, so nice of you to finally join us. Bitcoin! Yes, yes, Bitcoin. Very exciting. Hello, ma'am. Could you... Oh, my goodness! I mean, are you quite all right? Is that thing next to your mouth? Oh, that's more mouth, I see. <laughs> ma'am. You have a lovely smile, and your hair is also there, mostly. <laughs> All right, so now what? Scylla, grab the little wooden boy and throw him in the fire. <laughs> no, please, I just want to deliver cheeseburgers so I can become a real boy. Is that how that works? Yes, only I work hard and do as I'm told. I know that someday I shall be a real boy. I know it. Oh, that is so pathetic. Scylla, throw him in the fire. Hold up. Scylla, don't get too close to his N-O-S-E. What is this a spelling bee now? We have to take care of him. I am using air quotes there. I don't know if you can see that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, kid... You said you get to be a real boy as long as you do what you're told? Yes, I know it to be true. The blue fairy told me in a dream. Well, I guess you'd better do what you're told then, right, Elizabeth? Oh, oh, yes. Yes, I too, um, I too have seen this dream, boy. You have? Yes. And so I would like to give you the opportunity to work hard and do as you are told. Here, take this $50 bill. <gasps> 50 whole dollars? That's right. And all you have to do is go outside and find someone, any random person. Oh, yes, great idea. And get them to come in here and uh, sing a Christmas carol. Why not? Yes, gorgeous. Yes, Queen Slay. I mean, Slay in a few minutes. Right now, well... You know what I mean. Yes, I understand from the context. Anyway, what do you say, boy? Oh, I... Of course, you can always say no. <laughs> yes, of course. It's a free country. You're well within your rights to refuse this opportunity. Absolutely. Um... <laughs> I... Come on, kid. You wouldn't say no to a little honest work, would you? Of course not. He is a good boy. He wants to work. I suppose if it is a paying job, then it must be all right. Outstanding. Elizabeth, fork over that 50. 
Here you are, boy. You're paying me first? Of course we are, boy. Because we know you are a good boy. An honest, hard-working boy who does what he is told. Yes. Yes, I am! Wonderful. Let me walk you out. So long, kid. All right, Scylla, let's bury Dracula with all those co-eds from last September. <laughs> Dogecoin! Yeah, yeah, Dogecoin. It's all very exciting. Brave new world! We are so happy to offer you employment in these uncertain times. Yes, thank you ever so much. Independent delivery work has been a bit unpredictable. Ah, uh, yes, the gig economy. It reminds me so much of medieval serfdom. Or so I have read in my many... Ah, oh, fuck it, you know we're vampires. Look, just grab the first person you see, tell them whatever you have to, and send them on in. The easiest $50 you ever made. Well, that is certainly true. Wonderful. Uh, do a good job, and perhaps we'll hire you again in the future. Another $50? Perhaps. So long as no one finds out about our little deal. Oh, yes. Of course. Good. Now I have to go help bury my dead crypto-fascist husband. Good night. Oh, yes, good night. And thank you ever so... Oh. All right, Samuel. Time to earn your $50. Oh, but perhaps I shouldn't. Then again... I did promise that I would... No! I should return the $50! Yes, that's what I should do! Oh, I... I... You there? What? Pardon? You there, boy? What day is it? Today, sir? Why, it's July 30. Then it's true. The spirits did it all in one night. Ha <laughs> ha! Sir? Why, it's a Christmas miracle, my boy! Christmas? But... It's the middle of summer. But that's just the point, my boy. Ah, spirits, I thank you. Thank you. I shall keep Christmas in my heart every day of every year. Oh, I feel like singing a Christmas carol. Yes. Well, perhaps you should sing one inside this abbey, sir. A marvellous idea. Are they still awake? Yes. Hosanna! Thank you, boy, and Merry Christmas! Yes, my boy. Merry Christmas, sir. <laughs> Merry Christmas, boy, and God bless us. Yes, God bless us, everyone. Journal of Samuel Spruce, the Little Wooden Boy, July 31st, 2021. Last night, I earned 50 whole dollars. What a wonderful world. I wonder what opportunities tomorrow will bring. <laughs> well, I loved it, but Alexi needed to get some air after the events of that one. Uh, so feel free to keep thinking about costumes and deepest desires for just a little bit longer. Uh, while I have you, though, I do want to thank you all once again for joining us here tonight and extend a special thank you to all of our backers on Patreon who have been a sustaining force throughout the quarantine times. As a special thank you, we have ordered our most special merch yet and, uh, and we'll be sending it to you directly as a special thank you. We're pretty sure that this is the that there is a maximum of one other podcast that's ever done this one. So. We hope you're excited to receive your very own Starlight Radio Dreams Socks. That's right, Socks. If I'm going to be everyone's uncle, I'm going to live up to it as much as I can. And just like your uncle, these socks may or may not fit you. So we hope they're fun and novel and useful to either you or someone you wish to re-gift them to based upon their foot size. Maybe they can be your, maybe that can be your post-pandemic dating plan. You know, go all Cinderella on those Tinderers. While you consider how lucky it is that Alexi wasn't here for me talking about socks, I want you to also consider how lucky we are to have one more hilarious short for the evening. 
This one is sure to take us out with a scream. It's Murder Mystery Mania Monthly! And a marvelous morning to you, or evening, or afternoon, or wherever you happen to find yourself. I'm Maisie Maradova, and you're listening to Murder Mystery Mania Monthly, where we're just mad about murder mysteries, aren't we, Ermengarda? Mmm, yes. We're coming to you from our cozy study in upstate New York. I hope you recognize my partner, Ermengarda, heiress to the Stuvington Top Hat fortune. Say hello, Ermengarda. Mmm, hello. Rest assured, folks at home, as long as Top Hats remain the tip-top of high society, Ermengarda and I shall be sitting in the lap of luxury and taking you all along for the ride. Isn't that right, Ermengarda? Mmm, yes. Your tea, Miss Mardova. Thank you, Chevington. Now, as you may remember, our guests on the docket for today are none other than Mr. P.T. Barnum and Mr. Edgar Allan Poe. I'm as excited as a poodle in a properly manicured hedge maze, aren't I, Ermengarda? Mmm, electric. But then, tragedy struck when our butler, Jeevington, regrettably informed me that Mr. Barnum and Mr. Poe had been dead for 34 and 76 years, respectively. Isn't that right, Ermengarda? Mmm, yes. So instead, we invited my Uncle Charlie and Cousin Bertrude over. Say hello, family. Acha! <laughs> Uncle Charlie is a song and dance man. Isn't that right, Ermengarda? Ermengarda? Hmm, yes. You might have seen him over at Lowenthal's Giggletorium off 21st Street, but far more likely you've seen him doing the Charleston at the corner of 5th and Albany for a penny pop. Say hello again, Uncle Charlie. Hello again, Uncle Charlie. Why, Uncle Charlie, it wasn't my intention that you should repeat my exact phraseology, you old devil. How wildly clever. I'm sure your humor shall be as evergreen as Ermengarda's impending top hat fortune. As for my cousin Bertrude, well, she's simply the darling of the local scene, capturing hearts of the young aristocracy left and right. Isn't that right, Bertrude? The human heart can keep beating for up to five minutes outside the human body. <laughs> Charming! I'm sure some dandelion of a coal magnate sun will sweep you off your feet any day now. I'm scared of heights. <laughs> Wonderful! Uncle Charlie, how's the Charleston been treating you? The police have beaten me up for vagrancy on seven different occasions, Maisie! Ha-cha! Gorgeous! If I were you, Charlie, I might give that charming Charleston a rest. If you were me, Maisie, you'd owe $15,000 to a loan shark with very little sense of humor and even less imagination when it comes to the value of music. Tone deaf, is he? His ears aren't very receptive to my offers to repay my debt with a rousing rendition of Ain't Misbehavin', I can tell you that. Uncle Charlie, you are the living end. I won't be the living anything much longer, Maisie, unless your wealthy Boess over there wants to offer a helping hand. What do you say, Ermingarda? Want to help my poor uncle out? Mm, no. Hilarious! Cousin Bertrude, you're here too! So as you know, we had intended today's show to be a discussion of that harrowing rogue, the Ninth Street Knifer, who's been sticking it to the locals both metaphorically and literally. But what with our original guests having mysteriously died several decades ago, I thought it might be a hoot and a half to ponder just whatever happened to them instead. A pair of mysteries, friends, what do you say? Mr. Barnum died of a stroke at the age of 80. Mr. Poe died of congestion of the brain at the age of 39. Oh, dash and bandersketch, Evington. You always know how to ruin a good time, doesn't he, Ermengarda? Hmm, yes. Well, Bertrude, why don't you divert us with more of that creepy heart business? Congestion of the brain is a euphemism for alcoholism and drug overdose. <laughs> how marvelously macabre. You're a virtual encyclopedia, aren't you, Bertrude? I miss my bug collection. Your bug collection was fucking disgusting, Bertrude. 47 stink bugs arranged to spell it S-O-S may technically constitute a collection, but I'll take the Louvre any day. Stink bugs understand me. <laughs> you're fucking creepy, Bertrude. It had to be said. <laughs> well, if you're going to be a conversational dead end, I guess we've no choice but to... Oh! Sorry, friends. Looks like the lights in the study are flickering just a hint and a half. Jeevington, won't you go investigate that little box with all the switches in it? The one with the fuses, you know? The fuse box. That's the one. Thank you, love. Jeevington? Jeevington? I say, where has that layabout got to? Hot crackers on a Sunday morning. Who turned out the lights? It's darker than burnt toast in here. My life is darkness. <laughs>
Oh, there it goes. <gasps> my God, Maisie, Maisie, my love. It's been a murder, right? My life is murder. <laughs> Who could have done such a thing? Probably the butler. We'd better call the newspapers. I mean the police. <laughs> Do you hear something? Well, that's just the rattle of the upstairs floorboards, I reckon. She's kicking her heel on the floor. <laughs> it must be the murderer. It's Maisie. She's not dead. <laughs> I say, what is that sound? It's the beating of a hideous heart! Kicks and coattails, the butler did it! That's what I said. Scintillating. Well done, friends. <laughs> I hope you'll forgive my little ruse, but it seemed the perfect opportunity to get you all a little more invested in murder mysteries. So that's a fake knife in your back? Oh no, the butler really did try to kill me. I just happened to be great at thinking on my feet, or on my back, as it were. Luckily, the butler seems to have missed all the vital organs. Mm, still, a knife in the back, you know. Yes, I am getting a bit woozy. Jeevington, would you be a dear and telephone the hospital before calling the police and turning yourself in? Yes, Miss Maradova. Be sure and come right back when you're done, Jeevington. Now that everyone's paying attention, what say we talk about this P.T. Barnum character, eh? He's not coming back. Focus, Cousin Bertrude. You'll never attract a suitor with such a distractible nature. Darkness is my suitor. <laughs> oh, you're such a handful, Bertrude. In fact, you're such a handful, I think I'll sit down on the floor for a moment while we talk about that P.T. Barnum fellow. Mm, I'm calling the hospital. Yeah, you're looking a bit pale there, Maisie. Why, thank you, Charlie. I have been avoiding the sun lately. I always avoid the sun. The sun is my nemesis. Maisie's just gonna lie down for a bit. Uncle Charlie, why don't you sing us into the break? Your blouse is looking awful red there, Maisie. Why, thank you. I got it. I got it. Oh, my. I, I don't think I can handle... Thanks for joining us. <laughs> I'm Bertrude Maradova. This is Murder Mystery Mania Monthly. See you next month. Probably. She'll probably be fine. Probably. I am the night. Bye. <laughs> Well, that was certainly a real thing that just happened. Uh, Alexi, what did you think of that final piece? I liked it. Great. Well, it sounds like the people at home have uh, pretty simple desires. Uh, piles of money and trips to Ireland, or possibly a pile of money to buy Ireland. That bit was a little unclear. Uh, and it seems as though everyone's going to be dressed as either a Harley Quinn or the Harley Quinn, depending on who you mean. Uh... What do you think, Alexi? I like it. Okay, do you have a, a punchline or a joke for me, Alexi? I do not. Great. So say goodnight then, Alexi. Good night, Alexi. Of course. Still, it was a lovely evening, made more lovely by the company both of you and our friends at home. But for now, I too must say goodnight to all of you from coast to coast and all the ships at sea. Until next time, keep laughing and keep dreaming. Thank you for joining us for Starlight Radio Dreams. Join us in early December for a warm, gentle celebration of nothing in particular. Our next live stream, The Nothing About Holidays Show, is coming up on Friday, December 3. So get your tickets now at StarlightRadioDreams.com. Until then, keep laughing and keep dreaming.